Welcome to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. Wherever you're listening from, welcome. We pray that the truth from the Word of God speaks to your heart during today's message. Sometimes I feel like I take too many steps forward, and at times I got to take a step back just to kind of recalibrate some context. So, this evening's message is to do that. I want, I want us to get some context surrounding these end time passages. Um, look at Matthew chapter 24. Look at verse number three. At the end of the verse, it says, what shall be the sign of thy coming? You know, that's a physical sign. That's what that refers to. Look at verse number four. It says that no man deceive you. There will be physical deceptions brought about by physical men. Look at verse number five. It says, uh, may she come my name saying, I am Christ and shall deceive many. Same idea there. Physical deception. Look at verse six. Wars, rumors of wars. Those are physical disturbances. Look down at verse number nine. Uh, you'll see, deliver you up to be afflicted um, and shall kill you and shall be hated. Those are all referring to some type of physical harm. Look at verse number 15. Uh, shall see, therefore, shall see the abomination of desolation. There's going to be a physical image set up that people can see with their physical eyes. Verse number 16. Uh, flee into the mountains. There's a physical running and fleeing that's being described here in verse number 16. Very, very important verse. Verse number 22. We've spent so much time on this in prior messages. I don't think you can miss it by now, but look at it. There shall no flesh be saved. What type of salvation is being referred to in Matthew 24? Physical. Everything else we saw all points to physical. And verse 22 makes it abundantly clear. It doesn't say no soul shall be saved, no flesh shall be saved. You and I trust Jesus Christ, our Savior. It doesn't do a hill of beans for our flesh. Romans 7. Oh, wretched man that I am. Why? Because your soul? No, your flesh <laughs> and my flesh. And that's the war that's going on. My soul got saved. Your soul got saved. Uh, our flesh. Uh, verse number 35. Here's one for the global, uh, careful, next word I use to describe them, but they're, they're just, they want to save the earth. They want to save the trees. They want to save the manatees and the turtles, the sea turtles. And I don't want God's animals and creatures to be abused, do you? But this idea that we are going to try to save something that God said physically it's going to pass away, it's a futile attempt. <laughs> We're in the business of getting souls saved. All of that, now we get to Matthew chapter number 25. And it says, then shall the kingdom of heaven. Guess what type of kingdom this is? Physical. It's a physical kingdom. And we talked about last week, you can't. Get a soul to have oil as the Holy Spirit and all that. We ran that. You can't make a jump like that and make any sense of it. 
unless you just take verses out of context and preach that verse based on a belief that you want to hold. But when you look at the entirety of the context, when we read it like the Holy Spirit is oil, we all laughed because it couldn't possibly be. In Isaiah 61, we see the oil of joy. And I'm saying that because when we see that in Isaiah, there's the word oil that's used to express joy. And that oil of joy, it's not going to, it wasn't used in times of misfortune. It's not used in times of distress or calamity or misery, which, by the way, that's exactly what's happening during Daniel's 70th week. I only point that out to say is that when we look at kingdoms, we got to figure out what kingdom is it? Is it a physical kingdom or a spiritual kingdom? When we look at um, salvation, we have to ask ourselves, is this referring to a physical salvation or a spiritual salvation? We're going to see a little bit later when we hear the word gospel, what is it referring to? We're going to look at five different gospels as an overview tonight. And we're, we, we've got to be able to rightly define words in its context so that we rightly divide. These virgins, look at verse number two. Five of them were wise and five were foolish. You know how foolish the Jews were on Christ's first coming? They missed it. They crucified it. Any of them helped with the crucifixion. And it's going to be the same thing. They are not going to be ready. They're not going to be prepared for his second coming. We also, something else to point out. Look at verse number six when it says, And at midnight there was a cry made. Now here's some error we got to, I want you to be aware of so you don't get mixed up on this. Some people use this verse to, to date it and say, to time it and say, see, that means he's coming at midnight. We know he's going to be coming at midnight. Well, you see, because there's the midnight cry. I asked you this last week. Has anybody ever been to a wedding at midnight? No. Yeah, come to my wedding at midnight. Nobody's prepared. Nobody's interested in going to a wedding at midnight. So that's what this is likened to. These foolish virgins are going to be people that are living during that time that aren't interested and are not prepared. And they're going to miss it. They're going to be sleeping. They'll be sound asleep, just like you would be at midnight. Wise virgins are the ones that are brought to safety. Those are the ones who look at Matthew 24 as the elect. They're gathered together. Look at verse number 10 in Matthew chapter 25. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. What was the only... How are you going to be able to buy during Daniel's 70th week? Tomorrow. So if you're going to go buy and sell, and you're going to go do this, and you're going to make your midnight run, you're not, you're going to come back and find that the door's shut. You're not. You're going to be 
taken away in judgment. Uh, but he answered and said, verse number 12, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. And, and, and they're going to say, yeah, but I've got oil. And the Lord's going to say, yeah, but you're too late. We talked about this before. Once somebody dies now, that's it. There's no witnessing to them. It's judgment. During Daniel's prophetic week, they take the mark. They treat the Jews harshly. They don't obey what the Lord told them to do. They don't trust God for their physical well-being. They don't trust God to provide for their physical safety. And they don't trust the Lord. They're going to end up missing the kingdom. God's going to take care of his people, just like he said he would. Um, the only reason they're going to be able to buy oil is because they took the mark. Um, Ephesians, 5, Ephesians chapter 5 tells us the bride of Christ is the church and Jesus Christ is the head of the church. We all know that in Ephesians 5, right? Go to Matthew chapter 7. Say that as an introductory to get some context on Matthew 7 verse 21. Get some context on this verse. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. In Matthew chapter 25, when we open that up, it said, then shall the kingdom of heaven be. Verse number 14 in Matthew 24. And this gospel of the kingdom. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 21, where you are now, it says, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. What is this kingdom of heaven? These five gospels, if you heard this before, it's by way of review. If you haven't, either take notes or pay attention, but this gospel of the kingdom of heaven is this. It's the good news. That's what gospel is, good news. It's the good news that Jesus Christ will set up a physical kingdom. It's a literal earthly kingdom. That's the gospel of the kingdom of heaven. That gospel of the kingdom of heaven was preached by John the Baptist, Jesus Christ during his earthly ministry, and the, and the twelve. It was preached to the nation of Israel, and it happened during Christ's earthly ministry. And so when you see kingdom of heaven in your Bible, this is what it refers to. This is called the gospel of the kingdom of heaven. This gospel or this message of good news has been set aside. Why? Well, they cut off John the Baptist's head. <laughs> the uh, nation, so said, the nation of Israel said, we shall have no king rule over us. Um, all the apostles fled and scattered and they crucified Jesus Christ. That's why. <laughs> okay. Um, 
Matthew 26, verse 56, it says, Then all the disciples forsook him and fled. We shall have no king but Caesar. That's what the nation said. And they put Jesus Christ on the cross. And so that message, the gospel of the kingdom of heaven, is now set aside. When we get to Daniel's prophetic week, now that message comes back into view. But right now, we don't preach that gospel. But when a JW shows up at your door, you can bet your bottom dollar that in about a, half, a hot minute, you'll be somewhere in the book of Matthew. Because they are preaching the gospel of the kingdom of heaven. Truth, but truth misapplied and put in its wrong context is always what gets us mixed up. In Acts 20 and 1 Corinthians 15, Acts chapter 20 and 1 Corinthians chapter 15. You know both of these verses, the 1 Corinthians 1 for sure, Acts chapter 20, verse number 24. But none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear to myself, so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. You know what your course is? You know what your ministry is? You know what you and I testify of? The gospel of the grace of God. We do not preach the gospel of the kingdom of heaven. We preach the gospel of the kingdom of God, which is a physical kingdom, but it's in the third heaven. <laughs> and it is not uh, a, a literal kingdom, I'm sorry, in, in, in the third heaven, but it is not seen. It is invisible. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Verse number 3. For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. That is what we preach. We don't go around saying, God's going to set up an earthly kingdom. It's going to be a literal kingdom. It's going to be an earthly kingdom. Repent, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. We don't preach that gospel. Is it the gospel? It is. But it's the gospel of the kingdom of heaven that John the Baptist, Jesus, and the twelve preached during his earthly ministry. We don't preach that. We preach the gospel of the kingdom of God, which is also the gospel of of the grace of God, which you saw in Acts chapter number 20. I said earlier, this kingdom is in the third heaven. It's literal, but you and I can't see it. We proclaim Jesus Christ as the Savior and the head of his church. Why we see in Ephesians chapter 5, related to a husband and wife relationship, and if everybody understands their roles, it works. When we don't, then we know it doesn't work. 
So, so far, we've got two Gospels. Gospel of the Kingdom of God, Gospel of the Kingdom of Heaven, or the Grace of God. Which one do we preach? The Gospel of Grace, the Kingdom of God, which is within the Bible. Second Corinthians 4. Second Corinthians chapter 4. There's another gospel that we're going to look at that's connected to the gospel which we preach, the gospel of grace. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and let's read verse number 3. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. In whom the God, little g God of this world, hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine upon them. This glorious gospel, it's connected to the gospel of grace. It's what we preach. It's what we understand. But it specifically refers to the resurrected Christ. If you and I preach the death and the burial, there's really no glory in that. Where does the glory come from? What makes what we preach good news and oh so glorious? The resurrection. Many people miss this. When I understand if you witness any length of time in today's day and age, lost people will wear you out. And our flesh seems to default to, let's just call people names. <laughs> It's frustrating. I remember being in, in, in L.A. I was there for work. But I happened to be there on the weekend of the Grammys or Emmys, one of these things. And it was at the L.A. Convention Center. And they had all these stars going through and the, all these real high-dollar vehicles. All blacked out. You know, you can't, you can't see. And, uh, you know, there's people along the street and they all go down until they go do this Emmys award. Big thing. Well, I said, well, this is a coincidence. I'm, I might as well make good use of this and see if I can't witness to some reprobates. <laughs> so I did. And there's other Christians out there that aren't preaching the gospel, they're calling people names. And they're calling out specific sins. You're a this, you're a that, you're a harlot, you're a... Well, okay, but what if somebody is in that crowd and isn't a harlot, but's a liar? <laughs> Where are they going to go? And I understand there's sins that are worse and sins that are less when we look at it as far as how far someone has gone from God. But in God's eyes, you're a sinner and you need salvation, whether you murdered somebody or just hated somebody. So we preach the gospel. We don't call people names. 
And what's glorious about our gospel is that we have a resurrected Savior. And this glorious gospel is very specific to Christ in his resurrected glory. And why I want us to get an understanding of the glorious gospel connected with the gospel of grace, the gospel of the kingdom of God, is that, yes, our soul is saved, but we haven't received our glorified body as of yet. But we are going to. We're not any more saved as far as our soul, but God promised that we would have this resurrect. We'd be caught up. And we're going to get a glorified body if we don't, or we'd be caught up if we don't die first. And then that in Christ will rise first. But both of that will, will happen. But this glorious gospel is the blessings that await you and I as believers. Any believer, the glorious gospel refers to the blessings that we will receive as believers, which is a glorified body. So, everybody, so far, so good. We went over three Gospels. we got the Gospel of the Kingdom of Heaven. we got the Gospel of the Kingdom of God, which is the Gospel of Grace, which we preach. We have the glorious Gospel connected to that. Christ in his glory rose again. We are going to get a glorified body. We also have, ah, Revelation 14. Let's get Revelation 14. This one here is going to connect to the Gospel of the Kingdom of Heaven. All the way back. The book of Revelation. People get saved. They want to go through the book of Revelation, Daniel, and Ezekiel. And they pick the three. You know, probably be good to start with John. <laughs> okay. How about Romans? How about Galatians? Uh, but anyway, uh, this is the Thursday night crowd. And we, we are ready for this. Okay. Revelation chapter number 14. There's another gospel. Well. There is another gospel. I got to be careful. I say that because that's the fifth one, which is uh, you'll be accursed if you preach that. We'll get to that later. So I, I should have used better wording. We have the next gospel we'll preach or we'll, we'll teach is still good news. All of these gospels are good news. But this good news is called the everlasting gospel. And it's the proclamation or the good news. That judgment is coming. And I'm not preaching it and you're not preaching it. Let's see who's going to preach it. Revelation chapter 14, verse number 6. Revelation 14, 6. And I saw another angel fly in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach. Who's preaching it? An angel that's flying in the midst of heaven. Man, that's hot stuff. Woo, that's some really cool things right there. And uh, having the everlasting gospel preach unto them that dwell on the earth and to every nation and kindred and tongue and people, saying with a loud voice, here's what's going to preach. Fear God and give glory to him, for the hour of his judgment has come. And worship him that made heaven and earth and the sea and the fountains of water. Now, if you and I stood out on the square tomorrow night at 4.30, people would be looking at you thinking, what is he talking about? <laughs> now, if they read Revelation 14 and they understood their Bible, they would know that I'm preaching the gospel. 
except I'm preaching the wrong gospel at the wrong time, and it's not for me to preach. It's not for you to preach. An angel is going to preach this, and it's going to be that judgment is coming. It will be announced that Daniel's 70th week is now coming to a close, and the king is coming, and he's going to establish the kingdom that he promised he would establish. And this everlasting gospel also includes the blessings for those who have received the gospel of grace. No, that's us. For those that have received the gospel of the kingdom of heaven. And have trusted God to provide for them physically upon the earth and for their safety and for their provision during Daniel's prophetic week. And that everlasting gospel will be preached by an angel. The gospel of the kingdom of heaven, the focus is on Israel. The focus on Christ is specifically him as king. And it's a visible kingdom where? On earth. The gospel of the kingdom of God or the grace of God, the focus of that is the bride of Christ. The focus of that is Christ not as king. That's the gospel of the kingdom of heaven. The gospel of the kingdom of God, which is within, which is the gospel of grace, the grace of God, which we preach. Kingdom of God is within. This is Christ. In view, not as king like we said earlier, but specifically in view as Savior. We preach Jesus Christ as Savior. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. He's not setting up a kingdom right now. So this idea that we're going to get as many Christians as we can in politics to get the world prepared and we're going to usher in Christ in the kingdom. No. He promised he would do some things. So in the meantime, get after preaching the gospel of the grace of God so that souls would be saved. That is our time of the Gentiles in the church age right now. Uh, kingdom of God, Christ is the Savior. Um, the focus is not Israel. The focus is the bride of Christ. And this is not a visible kingdom. It is an invisible kingdom. And it's not on earth. It's in heaven. Everybody see that contrast? Got the gospel of the kingdom of heaven. The everlasting gospel would be preached by an angel. And it will include blessings for those during that prophetic week that have obeyed the Lord and trust his provision for them. And then we have the gospel of the kingdom of God, gospel of grace of God that we preach, and the glorious gospel that's going to include the blessings for those that have believed God, and we're going to receive a glorified body. That's a lot of information, but those are four gospels, and there's one more. Galatians chapter 1, go there. We're getting all this. 
Galatians chapter 1, verse number 6. Galatians 1, 6. I marvel you're so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel. That's the fifth one we're going to speak about. Verse 7, which is not another, because it's not good news. But there would be some that trouble you. All they do is cause trouble and would pervert the gospel of Christ. It is a perversion of the gospel of the grace of God. Verse 8, but though we, or an angel from heaven, or somebody that wrote a book because they were in the hospital and then and they said they died according to a doctor, not according to God, and now they came back and want to share with you 90 minutes in heaven. That's wrong. <laughs> the doctor might have declared you dead, but God didn't. <laughs> your soul didn't leave your body. So stop it with that tomfoolery. Preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you. Let him be accursed. As we said before, so say I now again, because it's serious business. If any man preach any other gospel unto you than that ye have received, let him be accursed. That's strong language. God is not messing around. So when the Jehovah Witness knocks on your door, don't invite him in and have tea with them. You need to let them know that that is a false gospel. They're accursed. Now you do it gently, do it lovingly. You do it better than how I would handle it. But you have got an opportunity. Those two folks are standing at your door. And whether they want to receive or understand these different gospels, you and I have an obligation to preach to them the gospel of grace. Because that's the only thing that's going to save their soul. Now, I admit to you, I've talked to Jehovah's Witnesses. I've talked to Mormons. I've talked to to all different types of false religions. I'm talking Church of Christ. They teach you or tell you you need to get in water to be saved. It's a it, they're a curse. Now, if they're going to a Church of Christ and they believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and they believe the death, burial, and resurrection, okay, they believe the gospel. They're just mixed up or confused. Okay, none of that matters according to your salvation. What I'm saying is, I've spent time and I've witnessed to all those groups. And I've done it where I feel like, man, the Lord was really with me. And then I've done it where that was just all me. I was so in the flesh after 10 minutes into it that I should have just quit while I was ahead. Why does that happen? Our flesh. It's frustrating. People don't see. The truth that we see. And with the Lord helping me, the next time I have a situation and an opportunity, I want to try to do it the right way with the right attitude. 
That's what I pray for. That's what I want. I want Christ sanctified my heart. It's just sometimes, oh, you know, you know. Another gospel, false, heretical gospel. Okay. Uh, Revelation 19. A bit of a timeline for the order of the church. Church is raptured, not in Matthew 24. Church is raptured in 1 Corinthians 15 and in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Church is caught up there in heaven. The judgment seat of Christ. Rewards are given. Your good works done for naught with no eternal value burn up. The bride is in heaven, and that bride in heaven is getting prepared for the marriage of the Lamb. Revelation chapter 19. Revelation chapter 19, verse number 7. Uh, Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him, for the marriage of the Lamb is come, and his wife hath made herself ready. How does the bride make herself ready? Who's the bride? We are. How do we make ourselves ready? The judgment seat of Christ. All of our works that have no honor or all, no Value for eternity are all burn up. And the Lord prepares his bride. That's how it makes itself right at the judgment seat of Christ. Um, here's something neat to look at. Go to Matthew 1. She raptured the church, judgment seat of Christ, marriage of the Lamb that happens in heaven. Oops. Now we're going back, switching gears here. I just want to show you one thing in Matthew chapter 1. Uh, look at verse number 18. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ on this wise, when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph. You're, you're, once you're espoused, you see in the Bible, you're considered. Mary's considered Joseph's wife, even though they haven't come together yet. And. What's it say when as Mother Joseph spelled, uh, when his mother Mary was spouse Joseph before they came together, she was found with the child of the Holy Ghost and Joseph, her husband. Well, how can he be her husband if verse number 18 says Mary was espoused to Joseph? Because God considers them almost one. It's just that they haven't come together yet. So I'm pointing that out because we are the bride of Christ. We're espoused to Christ. We're considered that bride. It's just we haven't come together yet. That's that's going to happen. Uh, back to Revelation 19. Revelation 19, verse number 9. Uh, well, let's keep reading in verse 8. And to her it was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white. The linen is the righteousness of saints. And he said unto me, right. Blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said unto me, these are the true sayings of God. 
The marriage of the lamb of the bride happens in heaven. The marriage supper of the lamb happens on earth. That's part of the millennial kingdom reign. There's a distinction between the marriage, which is in heaven. That's when we're caught up. Dead in Christ arise first. We get our glorified bodies. Marriage of uh, the uh, judgment seat of Christ. Bride is prepared. We're going to come with Christ down for the second coming. And it will be considered part of, at least, the marriage supper of the Lamb. Does the bride need an invitation to the marriage supper? Of course not. Of course not. Another reason why we're caught up. We're not going through any bit of the tribulation. We don't, we don't, we're not going to be called. We're not going to be invited. We're coming with Christ. Now, some teach marriage supper of the Lamb, uh, church, and the bride. Some will just group all that together and not make a distinction. But if you are, if you have any understanding of a marriage, you have the marriage ceremony, and then you have the marriage supper. You have the party afterwards. And there are two different events that happen at two different times and happen at two different places. And it's going to be the same thing, one in heaven, one on the earth. You're going to have who stands in. For the, the, it's, it's like uh, the best man, right? It's going to be kind of like John the Baptist is referred to. Um, he's kind of going to be like the, the best man, really. We'll see, you see that in scripture as well. Just can't recall the verse. Um, Bible says in 2 Corinthians 11 You don't have to turn there for the sake of time We'll, we'll close it out But um, Well since you're in Revelation Turn over to verse uh, chapter 21 Look at verse number, no, number 9 And then we'll finish out our thoughts for tonight Revelation 21 verse number 9 There came unto me One of the seven angels Which had the seven vials Full of seven last plagues And talked with me saying Come hither and I will show thee the bride the Lamb's wife. That's the church. Second Corinthians 11 says, For I am jealous over you with godly jealousy, for I have espoused you to one husband, that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. That's the church. You read Isaiah 2, you're going to find the nation of Israel, they were an adulteress. You, that whole thing. You read Hosea 2. Go home and read it tonight. It's Whoredom after whoredom after adultery, it's bad. Now, Israel will be forgiven, but she's not a virgin. And just understanding these distinctions on these gospels and understanding these distinctions on these different times and these different places helps us to piece all these end times together with a more solid understanding. So, I know with a lot of information, I hope it was helpful to you. Thank you for listening to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. We look forward to seeing you in the next episode. 
In the meantime, you can sign up for our email newsletter at www.pilgrimbaptist.church.